Welcome to the Weekly Hijack. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Nick is excited to talk about... Grade 17 is missing. What did you think of this one, Brianna? That's uh, a very interesting name for the episode, first of all. I mean, like, that's it's very, like, you just got straight to the point. Grade <laughs> is missing. Okay. Um, but that wasn't the focus of... I mean, I wouldn't say that was the A plot. That's definitely the B plot. Yeah, probably. Yeah. A plot is about the Lynn yeah. and... Uh, Becoming head of the Rangers. Probably time-wise are equal, but the Ranger one seems much more important. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess that's what I mean. Yeah. And we had Naroon threatening her life. Marcus. Dylan is like, we'll deal with this internally. But she doesn't really do anything about it. Like, uh, Lanier is the one who goes to Marcus and says, hey, we got, we need you to take care of this. You're the best one suited to, to do it because I can't do anything about it and it wouldn't be good for a religious person to do anything. And... Even though it's not maybe the way he thought about it, actually, he was right. It was, Marcus was really the ideal person to handle this. Yeah. Especially since you don't want to start a civil war between the different casts and, and the, <laughs> yeah. all the, no one is, they haven't, no Mimbari has killed another in a thousand years. And, like, and you don't want to start that now. No. You don't want to be that guy that <laughs> starts that up again. So I thought that was all a pretty interesting plotline. It's interesting, just Naroon's view of Delenn. If from the outside, if we hadn't been watching Delenn, you'd think she was a maniac. Mm. I mean, you broke the Great Council. That's you started true. making ships. You're taking over the Rangers. You're you think she's some sort of messianic figure. You know, like transformed she, yourself into a humanoid creature. Yeah, you would think she was insane. A religious yeah. zealot. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not a it's not a bad conclusion yeah. from his point of view. Mm. Especially if you're from the warrior cast. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you're always suspicious. Yeah. They didn't know that she's already been inquisited by the Vorlons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were basically trying to make sure she wasn't going to become a religious zealot. Mm. You know, Sebastian yeah. back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The whole test thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. it's The Vorlons were looking into her, and, and uh, they found her worthy, I guess. Yeah. It's just interesting to Lynn. <laughs> I like how uh, Lanier's line toward the end was, was good. Like, you value all life, but you don't quite understand the role that we, some of us will have to take to preserve your life because you are the one that's supposed to have this role. You know, it's interesting. A lot of shows have to do with that. Like, we want to save people that some people are going to have to die. But sometimes it gets so beat over the head. Like, the main characters are like, I can't stand that people are dying from me. You know, I'm glad that they just get out, yeah. talk about it straight up before. Cut to the chase. Yeah. Wait <laughs> out. <laughs> this is the way it's it's going to happen. I mean, that's kind of what Garibaldi was was getting at with uh, Jakar. It's like, no, yeah. you follow the leaders. This is the way the chain of command works. Well, and that's what Jakar's revelation was all about, too. That's true, in a way. You know, that's kind of one of these running themes this season, is that... People have to die. People have to die. <laughs> Yay! Mm, that's an encouraging thought. <laughs> Actually, I thought it was interesting. They they went to the effort of having Jakar at that ceremony, because he was, like, in, like, one shot this entire yeah, episode. he didn't even, like, say anything. He was just there. He was just there. He's full in the ruling council, like, though, now. Yeah. The makeup department had to put that on him. <laughs> I hope maybe that, that he was there for pickup shots for some other episode. And they probably yeah, don't. I don't know. Like, and every time they show his chest plate, I'm like, you could have clothed him differently. You didn't have to see his weird alien abs. <laughs> like, that's uh, whatever. Whatever J. Michael wants. <laughs> if he wants alien abs, he gets alien abs. Well, we have. There was none of that in this episode, so that's. No, that's no, no, not, no, no. And we've talked about it. It does help, like, sell the makeup idea. That's true. Sell the makeup. That's true. Make it realistic. But anyway, yeah, the side thought. So here's the problem with the B-plot, with Garibaldi's plot. It's like, like, these last two episodes, we watched this with the same time we watched Walkabout. 
It feels kind of like Alice in Wonderland-esque. It, that, it just, it does stuff, but, like, if it was just going to be a crazy romp for Garibaldi, which is kind of fun, mm-hmm. there's too much mumbo-jumbo talking to make it a crazy romp. Yes. I actually really enjoyed the setup and vol- him following the mystery yeah. aspect, but it kind of ground to a halt when it came against this weird cult leader guy. Yeah, like, I felt like they could have made it a lot, a lot more fun, but it was just kind of like, oh, uh, you don't really know what's going on here. Um, yeah, he's he's still going? he's still philosophizing yeah. and um, still won't push his glasses up. To he the won't of shut his up <laughs> and yeah, uh, the yeah, it, it just it loses all dramatic tension when yeah, overdone. Yeah, and it it, it kind of the the whole wrap up at the end pinpointed like just how ridiculous of a subplot it was. It, it, it just got in that. 30 second span of time between like I'm going to shoot him with this thing and like it just got ridiculous like yeah it would play the whole thing even more ridiculous like yes. him telling the story was was fun uh, if the story itself would have been as fun as him telling it yeah yeah i and almost wish like we hadn't seen any of that that happened in sector 17 <laughs> and then he just came and told the captain and we're just left like, what? Nope. That would have been awesome. You know that person of interest episode where Fusco's like doing all the crazy stuff? If they yes. didn't play it like that. Yeah, where you just, you only see, see like little, of the, no, okay. like, you just saw the little uh, segments of, you didn't get the full picture of what was going on. You just saw little segments and it was like really funny that, that way. That would have been hilarious because it would have been a nice kind of fun thing going on, with, you know, with all the hardcore stuff. That would have been fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it felt kind of Forced, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it didn't help. Well, the, the... And we didn't even get an explanation of how we got out. Yeah, but I mean, if if you haven't seen the entire process of the rest of the journey, they, you may not have cared as much about how he actually escaped. But that it is strange, yeah. Because I mean, it's an interesting mystery of having this like, level that no one could get to. When did they do this? How long have they been there? And, what? and why? And yeah, how, yeah. Literally, why? They never how, even said why. Yeah, you don't even have any idea how those people got there. Yeah, that I'm aware of. I do remember from the Lurkers Got or something that even J. Michael recognized that this was one of his weaker episodes. I wonder if he had a more idea. And it, you know, there's some things when you write it, it sounds good in your head, and you write it. Or like you're sick that week or something. Yeah, sometimes. You're, <laughs> you're, you're trying to crank out an entire season's worth of episodes yeah. all by yourself because J. Michael wrote every single episode of the season. And, crazy. and he's like, yes, this is, I understand why no one has ever done this before. Yeah. And I know I've read, I don't know if it was this episode, but there are some episodes where he has the idea and he just gets sick or behind and he just, just he, lo- he loses the strand of what he thought it was going to be. Mm. But in TV, you don't have that much time. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't just let it sit there and then come back and fix it. You have to. Keep moving, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of unfortunate too that 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 Garibaldi. I mean, Garibaldi. It's not Garibaldi's fault. I mean, it's the plot surrounding it is kind of weak. But there's actually a lot of a lot of the other scenes in this episode were were pretty strong. Even things that weren't directly a plot stuff, like the conversation with Franklin. I thought was actually pretty effective. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it shows his walkabout got more serious. I think I feel like Franklin's at his best story wise when he's serious. Like like when he's mad or when he's you know he's doing the telepath thing when he has some a cause to fight for fight against mm-hmm. it's when he's like kind of been when he's trying to be happy yeah, yeah. I'm then gonna feel not, this orange and tell you a story about Rose I mean, <laughs> I mean that one too but yeah but yeah like I thought that was really good seeing him kind of like you know that yeah. that was good Franklin stuff and withdrawal yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I like the scene with um, Sheridan and Delenn oh, her talking about man, her family that was depressing oh. Yeah, but I mean, it was—it's true. We had never heard anything about her yeah. family before, and it was—it was pretty interesting. 
Jericho does a good job with the little personal moments. Mm-hmm. That's something he's pretty good at. And I like, I like, yeah, that was a good scene. Because, yeah, we don't know anything about Dylan's personal history, really. Mm-hmm. We, we do praise J. Michael for a lot of other things. And he does have his weaknesses. Yeah. I was actually reminded today, when he was writing for Superman, actually, he's written some for comics, too. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and he's done, he's done a stretch for both Marvel and DC he's characters. He's actually in the Thor movie. Because he wrote a oh yeah he wrote he, we wrote Thor for a while too but in this Thor movie he shows up as a he's extra like, he's like the first guy that tries to pick up Thor's hammer oh yeah and a funny little cameo but anyway there I remember there was one Superman story where Superman like went on a walkabout like instead of flying he decided he was just gonna try to walk across America and it was not very good <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of I've seen comic book reviewers cover it and it was like this doesn't make a whole lot of sense but you know it's one of those sometimes he gets an idea and he's gonna try for it and it just doesn't quite i mean as a writer i understand you just you try it and it's like "Eh, okay but i got all my system yeah and i feel like his thing like this cult thing with the you know the universe which is a thing that he shows up a lot in battle and five the universe is sentient you're trying to figure out about itself Mm -hmm. but it's just hokey it's just I don't feel any resonance with it at all. Yeah. I mean, when Delenn says it, it sounds better just because Delenn makes she everything can sound sell good. It better. Yeah. yeah. And I felt it was weird because I felt like they were trying to go for a weird cultish sort of thing, but then he's like, yeah, the Benbari are basically right. And he's like, oh, wait, this, well, then who are you? What's the part? What's going on? There's so many questions. And then, well, there's and, dirty hobos. Yeah, basically. I wonder if you're going to, you know, I wonder if in his mind, or maybe just being over literary, you know, the whole theme with the Marcus thing is, you know, People have to die, die the good death with honor. The other people talking about die a perfect, in their hokey pokey version, like we have to die the perfect death. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was supposed to be some sort of interesting. Coming together. Theolog- a thematic thing, but it, no. It just never quite did. The Narun laughing at the end was great. Narun <laughs> is a great character. He's a very, he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. And the guy is very imposing. I think this is like the third time we've seen him. At, at least. least third. Yeah. He shows them Craig Council once or twice, and then way mm-hmm. back when you sound like a Mumbari. Yeah, which is very. He told uh, Sinclair that at some point. So that the soul started, oh. the yes. soul started to come together. That means Sinclair must have had a whole family as Valen, right? I it's suppose like it's so. so. Weird to have Marcus talk about Valen. It's like I know him. Yeah, <laughs> I know who he is. Well, you know, there. Um... Does Marcus know? Yes. Yeah, he was the one that he was there on the ship when they put it together, and he was the one who's like, good. Oh, Amari, okay. not born of Mimbari. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there is a um, there's a book about Sinclair that tells about basically his time after leaving Babylon Five up into that episode. Okay, and I know it talks about. I want to read all these books every time you mention them. <laughs> well, I've only ever read that lawn, that uh, Centauri trilogy and that one. Those okay. are the only ones I've read, and I I, re- I enjoyed the Sinclair book quite a bit, but I don't remember if it's in there or was other. I mean. I know his girlfriend comes back oh, so, and, uh, and hangs yeah. out with uh, Catherine Sakai. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, you, you remember her, right? Yeah. <laughs> she kind of just went away and never came back. Yeah, well, in this case, in the, the book, she comes and hangs out with him and Minbar. Yeah, I feel like I, he, he commissioned some of the books to help tie up loose ends that he couldn't fit in the TV. Right, and I think... That's smart. I think somehow, I don't know how, but I think they there's some other, like in a magazine or something, some other story about her trying to go back in time to kind of rejoin him. And, oh, interesting. And I think that they they hints that she somehow managed to do it, but I don't really know the details. Huh. So anyway, so yeah, she apparently, I don't know if she became in Bari too. 
I don't know. That's you can go look that up on some Babylon Five wiki if you want. Okay. Well, you shouldn't because you <laughs> yeah, don't want to know spoilers. Bad. Yeah, that's, that's bad. bad. That's yeah, because the guy yeah. shows up in season five. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. She no, does. <laughs> All right. Anything else about Gray Seventeen is missing? This is very. Yeah, I like the title. I don't know. I mean, this could have been so much more fun. Yeah, a lot of lost potential there. I think, but that's okay. Yeah. Next time, I think, is uh, at least another title that Nick really enjoys. Uh, yeah. And the Rocks cried dummy, out, no hiding Where did the dummy come from? I don't know, it was just weird. Someone had to have made that dummy. The, it was, there was a ventriloquist in their cult for a while. <laughs> and and the, the universe, he went and joined the universe He was like, wait, this is a great thing. We should put tranquilizer darts uh, in And I was confused why they even did that in the yeah, first place. Are people like, going to magically stumble upon this? Maybe like, it gives them... No one has security clearance. Maybe it gives them visions. Maybe it's one of these, like, you know, drug-induced... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing... I mean, how did they get leave. this dangerous creature in Babylon 5? Uh, yeah, none of it made any sense, I really. mean, did it get feral because it's locked in this <laughs> floor with no food? No obvious resources? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things... You either have to play sillier or give more explanation. Yeah. Really. It was... Yeah. yeah unfortunate. But anyway, there's right. more good stuff coming up this season. We just three hit, episodes this season. We just hit the like the, the late season slump until we get to like ramp the up for the yeah the leftovers essentially before we wrap up to uh, finish it out. I do want to make a point. It's interesting with the last you know last two episodes, which have not been the strongest episodes, but J. Michael's constantly moving the pieces, you know, getting things arranged. Like, oh, get the Rangers moved, and we have to deal with the cast, I mean, and we have to talk about telepaths, and they're you know they're getting telepaths hired in this one that there's still a lot of moving you know he's it's interesting even in bad episodes there's always something yeah. going on he, he knows he, he's good at juggling plot lines yeah well you say it's set up but it's also like fallout from well, fallout well, from sinclair going yeah. and fallout yeah. from we found out the thing about telepaths we got to use that but it's he, he there's always something happening at this point in the show hmm. I, I just you know as so a writer I'm, wasted, I'm impressed it's not a wasted episode no 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 it's a weaker episode yeah but. yeah so I suppose you could combine the B plots from the last two episodes and just make it really one bad episode or one, one really episode. good episode. <laughs> when, yeah, one with them defeating the shadows and the runes being at Marcus. That'd be. <laughs> That'd be that fight was that fight episode. was a pretty fun fight. It was all right. I mean, just like anyone who was like, just beat me up. I don't where care. It was like you weren't supposed to turn that way because the, the like he hit your pike with his pike and he could have just hit you in the head. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Rune was playing with him. Yeah, yeah that'd like, be the, there was one shot that I thought like that looked like a repeat, like an, an alternate take from a previous oh, shot. But just because they did like the exact same moves, it just looked a little different. I just like beat up Marcus. But, I mean, the, <laughs> him being like, "I don't care, you just kill me." Yeah, no, I mean the the emotions of the scene were strong, yeah, even yeah. if the choreography wasn't the best. Like I'm thinking, like if you put your pike, if you like un undid your pike, and then like when he was. All hunched over, like he was getting ready to die, and he just goes, like, like poop. Yeah, like shot except it goes both. Chest. Except it goes both yeah, ways. Yeah, that's so what that'd I be realized. The I was like, well, they couldn't do that because then they both die. Yeah, you know, you ever say? I probably never said this. The cross staff from Strin Fred is was inspired by those funky things. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you you heard it here, folks. It's um, a stolen idea. All so, ideas are so harsh. now that all of you people. I'm sure that means a lot to all you people who have never no, read, read Strin Ni- Fred. Yeah, Nick's book. But anyways. <laughs> But it's worth it. It's worth it. What? <laughs> is Nick's book is worth it? Is yes. Or not okay. reading yeah, it's worth it. Okay. That's what I was like, what? <laughs> that no. may be true, too. <laughs> I'll leave that for the listener to decide. But until next time, this is Tim. This is Nick. This is Brianna. Goodbye.